Do your feet sweat in work boots? If you struggle with sweaty feet, you need the best-selling Camel City Mill Lightweight Work Sock. You'll have dry, comfortable feet as their sweat-wicking merino wool is 35% better at wicking moisture compared to polyester socks. Plus, a 10-year durability guarantee thanks to their proprietary Ironside Merino Wool and Nylon Fortified Heel and Toe. Your feet won't hurt and recover faster because of the compression in the arch and calf, which helps circulation through a full 14-hour shift. Expect all-day comfort, even with steel-toe boots due to the extra cushion in the toe. These socks are completely USA-made in North Carolina. Order ship within 24 hours, and anything over $50 ships for free. To get your socks today and see how insanely durable these socks actually are, go to CamelCityMill.com and use the code DIESEL15 and get 15% off your first order. Remember, use the code DIESEL15 for 15% off your entire order at CamelCityMill.com. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another Sweat and Grime. And the reason I feel so chipper, we finally, for the first time in like two months, have all three of us in studio. To my left. We got the kamikaze back in the house. The storm has passed. (laughs) Yes. And we're all back. So we have Rick the Dick Valco. How are you, sir? I am doing fucking fantastic, bud, besides having my life sucked up and from my soul. we'll get into that in a minute. And to the left, we have Matt motherfucking Todd. What's going on, y'all? And then we got the man on the mic, Mr. Brian. Turn on your furnace. What's happening, everybody? Clean those pipes. And on the phone this evening, we have my man, John Isaacson, author of the book, How to Suck Less at Estimating. How are you, John? So far, so good, gentlemen. Yeah, we just got started. Welcome to the show. Yeah. So... John, just to kick this right off before we even dive deep into sucking the estimating, wouldn't you just say, <laughs> don't bid the work? <laughs> don't bid the work? You can't right. fail well, if you don't try. <laughs> you get an A for effort here, buddy. <laughs> we just did a series on our mediocre podcast about uh, people giving away free estimates and uh, the insanity of that. So I, I, you, you might be onto something. Just don't bid it. Isn't isn't that wild? Like the the world of free estimates, like you see it on yeah. everything, and it's never made sense to me because I would be chasing work every fucking day doing free estimates and getting nothing if I were to do yeah. that. It's insanity. Well, but, well, but the, or, what or, is it? The insanity is doing the same thing over, expecting different results, right? Like yeah. The, the the flip side of that is people so scared. Well, what if I don't get work? It's like, wait, what? You know, you just complain that you're not getting work, but you want to keep doing what you're doing and expect it somehow. To and it's change. not working. John, before we get to the gospel of what you have written. Well, I was just going to say that sounds like a conversation did, I've been having with my children. How did you even how did you even come about? Your backstory to even get to this. Yeah, God damn it. How contact. do you feel qualified to talk about estimating? So let's <laughs> let's just ask this. Who are you? Who are, and yes. where did you come Who from? Who let's are dumb are this you? motherfucker down for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so give us a little backstory on yourself. Uh, backstory. Um, I grew up. Uh, my uncle was a contractor, a residential mm. contractor. He built houses. And so... 
uh, yeah, we got yelled at a lot as kids, you know, and that was like, yeah, this is what I want to do with my life. So <laughs> I love right. it. I love the abuse. Yell that emotional, every fucking day to verbal. Go to yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that fucking sounds like we skipped a few chapters. Yeah. So how did you? <laughs> I turned nine, started whipping out fucking estimates, and started being work for dad at twenty five. Yeah. So uh, seven, seven at seven. That's seven. Damn. Oh, there you go. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. did you did you work in that side of the of the business with your family or what was your kind of path into the trades no uh so uh every summer i would go to my uncle's house and um either he would have you know pickup work for us to do or we'd get odd jobs and those kinds of things i remember one summer we laid a bunch of fence because he decided he wanted to have some sheep and um you know so we did a lot of uh, just odd ends and jobs and um and then as we got older you know, we started like sweeping out houses and then started helping them build decks and those kinds of things. So never in like an official capacity, just more child labor. All right. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, There's uh, laws against that now. <laughs> well, how, how do you, how do you bid sheep from the backside? Uh, say that again. How do you bid sheep from the backside? How do you bid sheep bid from the backside? From the backside. How do you? Boy, I'm confused. How do you bang sheep from the backside? What are you saying yeah, there, Rick? Where, where, where did this <laughs> one go? How do you bid it? What does sheep about... have to do with anything? <laughs> well, it's his story. He was telling us he was standing on the backside. No, his uncle sheep decided to get sheep. And that was, that was the end and of that's that. why that they were building, building the fence. Oh, yeah, I thought we were yeah. bidding R- sheep. Rick, no. Rick has officially come on to the podcast now ladies and gentlemen welcome back. welcome rick yeah, I'm glad glad to be here now that we're all confused as to what the f we're talking about so you put the fence what? up for the sheep john we didn't bid anything yeah, and, and then we didn't bid it we didn't bid it so you're right rick i mean we just said no we're not gonna bid this you're gonna pay us and uh, exactly that was actually my uncle's he, he would say if you work hard and you do good work, you'll be paid well. You know, if you do shit work and, and you guys don't put the effort in, then you're not going to be paid well. And we were usually paid pretty well. Oh, there yeah, you go. I was going to say that, yeah, that sounds like the uncle that at the That's end of the day logic. gives you like a cream soda and a candy bar and says you did good. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> or you just be like a cheap ass like Brian, be like, I paid my kids five bucks. That's right. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're learning work ethic, son. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Far more yeah. valuable than that $20. Do you want to come back tomorrow, son? It'll be two candy bars and five bucks. <laughs> So where did you go from from just helping out uh, with with family sort of stuff? Um, you know, I, I didn't. Uh, I did odd ends and jobs and stuff like that. My family actually, uh, my mom, my grandpa started a coffee shop, and my mom helped run that. And so I did some of that growing up, and worked at a, a local fast food mom and pop shop. Learned a lot. Um, and so I didn't actually, after high school, I actually went in the medical field. I was like a nurse's aide. Okay. And a nurse, a nurse came up to me one night and he's like, you smell that? <laughs> and <laughs> it was a smell of, you know, fecal matter. And, oh God. Uh, the worst. Age ripened fecal matter. Right. And, um, he said, you're taking that home with you every day. It's in your nose. It's in your body. You smell things because there's particles in the air. He's like, Either become a nurse or get the hell out of this line of work. Yep. <laughs> Bang up here. Put it reverse. Reverse. So, what does a nurse's aide do? Do you carry like the band aids around, the gauze? You make sure the patients no. in the room change bedding. I worked in a nursing home, so and oh, I worked yeah, nurse. overnight shift. Oof. So it's just 
you know, cleaning up after people that. Well, we could stop that. Stop that podcast right on there. Well, I was gonna say, have you ever had an old lady grab your ass? With the bedpan in your hands? Well, no, I'm just, I, I'm, that's a legit question because, uh, my wife's grandmother right now is, is on the verge of getting kicked out of her nursing home because she won't <laughs> oh, stop no. grabbing She's the handyman's ass. Every time he's in the room, <laughs> well, she gets a little reacher. Right, grandma? Yeah. Right, there's nothing wrong with grabbing ass. Good thing Handy Matt doesn't go to that nursing home. I'd uh, well, uh, you know, yeah, Matt would fucking spin around and be like, hey. Yeah. Well, <laughs> while you're Uncle at Johnson it. Johnson here. <laughs> You're grabbing so, the wrong side, Grandma. Can I get put in your will? <laughs> Do you like the Polish sausage? Tony, some of the, some of those, you know, you got to look at some of those jobs as a retirement, you know, package. You know, it's yeah. like you have the retirement. Some of those package. people have that's what money, the old ladies are after, and they have no family. Fucking poor Todd would be trying to tube feed them. Uh, that was that was a great but terrible joke. That was that was fantastic, Rick. Thank so you. So from that. Uh, changing people's uh, briefs. Uh, where did you yep. go from there? Yes. Uh, I moved down to California. Um, I thought I was just going for a short period of time, but then ended up liking it. I don't know if you've ever been to Ventura, California, which is just South of Santa Barbara, but it's like, no, paradise. yeah, uh, it's expensive as hell, but it's, oh, it sounds like, it. yeah. yeah. <laughs> if it's nice and, um, and it's in California, it's fucking expensive. Uh, yeah, exactly. Expensive. Exactly. If it's not nice and it's in California, it's, it's fucking expensive. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, so I, I, I got a job, my first job in the, uh, trades, I guess, um, working at a cabinet shop. So we did those, uh, closet organizers and then California, California closets. closets. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Got and them all over here. MDF, MDF, uh, cabinets and things like that. So I ran the shop and learned some of the technical sides of that really enjoyed that. Nice. And yeah. so, but what got me into what I do now with property restoration uh, when my wife got pregnant, uh-oh. Um, <laughs> uh-oh. Do the kids know I, that I, that's your response? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't beat around the bush. Oh. Mistake it, number one and tested. mistake number two. <laughs> I got I got four of them. Oh, four mistakes. All Boy, right. You're, yeah. you're a slow learner. <laughs> well, at least yeah. you learned after the third. <laughs> Why does this keep happening? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So I... I uh, uh, I wanted to work closer to home, uh, even though I loved that job. So I got a job thought was comparable. It was terrible. Worst people I've ever worked for. And it was a really boring job. So I was just back when you still look for jobs in the newspaper. Um, mm-hmm. Well, you're dating just, yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, pulled out the newspaper and was applying to anything and everything. And one of them was carpet cleaning at this franchise called service master oh god you gotta be over 45 years old (laughs) uh no actually i'm not wow i'm saying 36 you know what i'll give it looking for a job hang on i'll give it to him because he said he's from california he couldn't afford internet (laughs) that was the problem some yeah. people were stuck with the newspaper simply because they live in California and can't Dude, afford the when internet. When is the last time you <laughs> opened up the classifieds and literally looked for a job? I don't Probably know that I ever did. 20 years. You looked for a job that, on the paper? I didn't personally. I always yeah, had. Is it, was that a thing? Is it I always still had a, a job, thing? but I would always sit there, you know, because my one of my superintendents I work with always had to have a newspaper. Like, that was his thing. Every morning yeah. he did his coffee and his donut. Yeah. 
and the newspaper. That was before Reddit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I, th- I think yeah. what he's really doing is he would get done with the newspaper when I'd leave and he'd just be calling like the back page. You know? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> the back page girls. Hell yeah. <laughs> Go on or, lunch you, break. or you hide you a hustler in the middle of that thing. Yeah, exactly. and you look like you're being really classy and reading the news, turns out. But no, he'd always he'd always You're tell me in your mouth the where, days that were shitty. He'd be like, you know what? They're hiring uh, carpenters over here for thirty bucks an hour. I'm like, ah, fuck that. <laughs> I'm yeah, staying here. <laughs> but anyways, go on with your story. Yeah, my my. So yeah, answered the the carpet cleaning people were the ones that uh, uh, called back, and I was actually I thought I was going into law enforcement, so I was like at the time in California, uh, all the things that are expensive at the time in California community college was like seven bucks a credit. And so I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but I was like, man, that's a pretty good deal. Hell yeah. I could pay my way cash and maybe set myself up. So I thought I'd do that. Maybe that was the time CSI was popular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so I was thinking, yeah, that might be fun. Um, and uh, so they said in the interview with your background in science, you'd be really good at mold remediation. I said, I agree. Mold remediation. Made- yeah, yeah. Boy, that is. So. Did you? Did they make you put on a seatbelt for the the exciting ride you were in for? <laughs> <laughs> no, no seatbelts. Yeah, we had a, a a a beat up old Ford van that um, kind of had a seat, no seatbelts. So it was kind of bolted to the floor, so it was pretty hodgepodge to start. But <laughs> did it uh, say free candy on the yeah, side? <laughs> <I was gonna laughs> <say>. <laughs> in a van. By yeah, the river. yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, hell yeah. So, <laughs> what kind of job would that even be? He was a carpet cleaner. So, <laughs> mold? No, no, this was, no, he did oh, mold no, mitigation. Like removing mold. Uh, no, he's talking service thing. master. Yep. You go in, you visqueen off the rooms, put the negative air pressures in there. Yep. Then you go around, pull off all this stuff, find the mold, yep. spray the mold, and leave. Yep. Yep. So you how long were you in the old mold remediation in the, business? In the mold fields? Yes. Um, <laughs> well, that... You know, an interesting paradigm in, in insurance, there was a bunch of lawsuits, and that was kind of what they call the mold as gold era. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, insurance companies actually paid for it. And um, so we did a ton of it. Um, so I, I think I was with them for about four years before I moved up to Oregon. One of those wow. things, if you don't find mold, you put mold. Well, and how then you fa- come back, you say, I think I saw some. I'll be back in two weeks to re investigate. Oh, yeah. Oh, fucking fa- mold. How fast can you grow mold? pretty fucking fast oh you go down to the uh, store and get some shiitake mushrooms and throw them on the floor and you're like fuck you're infested uh yeah technical answer i think is i think it can grow within 24 to 48 hours yep. given the right conditions so, oh you know, dude every phone source. call would yeah. have been mold yeah yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, do i remember my college my college house the first place i lived in that oh, had mold. Like it, it was it was an old historical home, one of those things, and you know, all of a sudden like there was a water leak on the toilet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. Yep. We just put towels around it. Dude, like three days later, there was this giant fucking like mushroom. <laughs> like I'm not even joking. Like within two days, there's this giant white majestic mushroom like cl- growing up. I went to clean around the toilet, you know, and I'm like, Fucking what the, the fuck toilet. is this? <laughs> Dude, it was... And be honest, you did a quick Google search to see if it was oh, one of the magic ones. Hell yeah. Tot was running through that We fucking, did our research before yeah. we got disgusted. Exactly. <laughs> he was running through, through that room with the black light looking through the <laughs> That was so bad. But anyways, so that well, was my... A, I was talking to a buddy of mine. I remember when we were kids, like, he used to have this 
like under a window, just this black sheet. And every week his mom would come in and spray it with bleach and wipe it down with paper towels, you know, and it's like, Oh my God. (laughs) 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 And that would be the sheet you hang in a haunted house. People are disgusting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So where did you go for mold remediation? Um, I, I, so I moved to, when I moved to Oregon, um, I was hired by a contracting company. So at, at the, the place where I applied for carpet cleaning, came mold remediator, they had, um, in order to get overtime, they had the water damage guys, you know, they'd get the calls yep. at night. Yep. The service call. And, you know, I got the kid on the way and a young family and I was like, well, yeah, sign me up for that. Like, uh, anything I can do to make more money would be awesome. Mm-hmm. And, um, so <laughs> Do you guys remember the Nextels that used to beep? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh god. Those yeah. were the greatest thing. Yep. 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 And so I think they tried to bring them back here a few years ago, right? Yeah, they, they tried getting back in the, the like the construction Life you know, world and forward it just, and it didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can't browse Reddit had, on them. <laughs> I had the really cool one that was a flip phone, you know. We thought we Oh yeah. Cool yep. But it still had the button on the outside so you could still do your yep. chirp even yep. though you're not opened up. Man, I remember yep. punching just random digits and hitting that button and be like, what's up, <laughs> bitch? <laughs> like a trucker. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You get someone and be like, I'm going to beat your cracker ass. <laughs> <laughs> Star, Star 76. <laughs> well, what's crazy, though, what, back then, what the you know text messages were what, like 25 cents a pop? And yep. then, like, yeah. you, you had limited minutes. You know? Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Like the age we're in now, where it's unlimited minutes and you can text all you want, it's like wow, this is it's crazy. it's amazing. Yeah. I did forget that you were you you had a limit on text messages, and if you went over, it was crazy. It was oh, like yeah. twenty five yeah. cents a message. I totally yeah. forgot about that. It got expensive. Quick. Oh Nuts. yeah, dude, they bend you right over the table. I remember the first bill that came in with dad, and he's like, "Uh, we need to talk." And I'm like, like uh, I'm not doing drugs, Dad. Well, no, it no, was. We, we do need to talk, Dad. I need a loan to pay that phone bill. Yes. <laughs> Ouch. Well, I, I think that's what made the Nextels appealing was it was free to do the chirp chirp. Exactly. So, yep. Um, yeah. And then once minutes caught up, then it was like, well, these are stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, the uh, so I, I was hired. So I learned like the fire damage side and the water damage side, uh, a little bit of the carpet cleaning. And so when I came up to Oregon, a construction company hired me to start pursuing some of the, what we call mitigation and the insurance work. Yep. Um, and so, so that was fun. Uh, I got to take what I learned and then try to apply it and like build something up. And um, we were thankfully successful in doing so. Albeit, uh, then we uh, ran up against a little incident called the Great Recession. Yeah, that um, was a rough so one. That, Never heard of that, it. <laughs> <laughs> now, worded a lot of things. I don't know why they call it great because there's nothing great about it. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now yeah, I do have yeah. to ask before we get too far out of uh, of our conversation here: Was fire restoration even half as exhilarating as mold remediation? Uh, you know, uh, so what I'll say is what I like about what I do in our industry is it's something new every day. So, um, you know, if you work for a company that provides all the different services, you can't really get stuck in a rut because there's always something different to do. Yeah. yeah. um, Both, both are very tedious in the sense you got to remove the damaged material and then what you can salvage, you just have to wipe it and wipe it and wipe it and vacuum it and wipe it and then deodorize it. And 
So it, you know, at the end of the day, you eventually reach a point where it's very tedious and a lot of cleaning and, yeah. and if you don't get it right, either the mold comes back or you put this house back together and then they're like, they still smell something and that's yep. not good. Yep. Did you ever come up with these stories? Like where the homeowner fucked up, like one too many puffs off that cigarette and that motherfucker just burned <laughs> right down. Well, we had a lot, uh, I wouldn't say a lot, but quite a few where people are smoking with their, um, oxygen tanks. Oh my God. Boy, (laughs) people um, are bright, aren't they? (laughs) Air, fire. You talk to some people though. They're just like, like why, why stop? Right. Cause like, you know, I'm clearly on a path of decline. Yes. So why change my habits even if I've got this explosive unit attached to me? Because so. you're about to become a human fucking blowtorch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we just ain't getting the draw off this thing like we need to. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, stopped, yeah. they stopped allowing Jack Kevorkian to come around, so I'm just trying to do this fast and uh, yeah, easy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sometimes you just yep. take a blast of oxygen to the face with a little open flame. Yep, you're gone. <laughs> it's honestly surprising it doesn't happen more often than it does because it's it's, you know, my experience quite common so yeah yeah Uh, so did you do any uh cleanup after bodies or anything that's another thing i know that oh that's tell us a bit about that that's brutal well i i can remember my first one i think actually i can't remember if it was chicago or up by where you all are in michigan but a a a gentleman went on a trip and they were young too i think 40s or 50s somewhere in there um, and he came home and his wife had passed away just on the couch. And like, so he came home to just an odor, oh. obviously her being deceased and then all this fluid everywhere. And so when we got the call, I remember thinking like, Oh my God, like, how am I going to do this? And <laughs> my manager at the time, who's a good friend of mine, he's like, can you imagine having to come home and do that yourself? Mm-hmm. And so for me, that was the way I could process it to her. Like, Oh hell yeah. Like this is, this is a real, I'm doing the like, Lord's nobody work. Wants to, yeah, <laughs> nobody wants to deal with that. Right. Yes. So, um, mentally and, and two, when you do the cleanup, the body's gone. So you're not dealing yeah. with that aspect of it. Uh, it's just, you know, what's left over. Y- you get um, the heebie jeebies. Oh, Cause I had an experience of like walking in a dead guy. Oh, it did was, you really? Yeah, it was horrible. Oh yeah. 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 We, yeah. I did a well, big renovation of a condo community years ago right when i started and i knew the the community because i started in phase one and there's 10 phases so we were there for over a year and yeah. you would see people's you know their their daily lives you know you know when this person's leaving this person's yeah. going and coming going and then all of a sudden you're like that car hasn't moved for a while and that mailbox is overflowing and i know that dude oh, no. this guy was a larger gentleman thank you yeah. my wife just delivered yeah, drinks. Melissa just Sorry. brought drinks Heck yeah there you go <laughs> And they are bedazzled up. They are bedazzled up. She's got she's got like the lime salt around the rim and everything. Yeah. So Dang. Uh, yeah. So I'm sitting there. I'm I like, love this in a manly glass. It is. It's in a tumbler with ice. You know, when, <laughs> when we finally got to this this uh, batch, you know, this unit, every uh, condo unit had ten units in it. So we got to that building, and I put the flyers out that hey, and you know, in 48 hours we're going to be entering your building and doing da 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 da. And I noticed that flyer never left, but I was like, all right, the guy's just out of town, whatever we had to do our job. So I open up the door and I'm just like, his TV's on. Oh yeah. His TV's on. There's food on the coffee table. And I'm like, this is really weird. And all of a sudden I heard water. I'm like, there's water running. And was, 
I go upstairs and the water was going, it was running out like the door, but it was going down in the heat register right in the hallway. Oh, nice. And I'm like, oh my God. And I just walked straight out the fucking house and th- that smell, uh, you know, and then we yep. called 911. Did they you ever came. see him? No, I never opened that fucking door, but EMS and the fire department came and they came and do their walk. He was in there for like a month. Oh, he was in water. So he was just, th- there was no grabbing him. It was just, he was broken down. Oh, wow. Like it was it, yeah. so, like all. So he was we're, a man. Where are we doing all the, the furnaces and whatnot? Well, <laughs> dude, the shit like went down the, the duct work and was like in the basement. Well, I was going to say, if that so, water was going down the register, yeah, so they had to have a company come in and do like the whole, you know, gut the whole fucking place. It was John. John it was, was the so one. Bad. But it was like all of a sudden, yeah. then here comes their parents, you know, that same day, like, oh my gosh, we were wondering why. It's like, you guys live in the same town. You never came and fucking checked on your son. Wow. <laughs> and this, this guy was like yeah. a 300 pound dude. So it. Oh, yeah. so there was a bit of meat on the bones. Yeah, was there was a mold there. Yeah. But man, that house, it was just, you know. A lot of soup. I'm like, the neighbors, I'm like, you never, like, oh, he's the nicest boy ever. It's like, you never fucking, nah, like, thought wants to do a courtesy check, you know? We're Americans, man. We just like candles. Then again, my yeah. dumbass, like, being the person that saw everything that happened in the community, I should have probably thought it, but we thought it, but we we're just making jokes. And I was like, oh, fuck, the dude died. Yeah, you yeah. don't actually think the worst yeah. would happen. Yeah. Well, we, we've had one like that where it leaked into the unit below, like, they're making breakfast or something all of a sudden there's this oh. stuff dripping on the oh. stove you know? <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah, we're going to eat a little ed today yeah, yeah. <laughs> extra protein oh. Oh. Mm. well honey do you yeah. think it's his toe yeah well yeah, yeah. it's mm. it's so i was going to say earlier when you were describing this whole scene of his wife passing away and him coming home i was like oh that's really sad and then you're like and there were fluids and i was like Fuck, that's nasty. <laughs> we lost yeah. all the emotional support. Now that's just gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. how many bodies did you have to do? Was that a was that pretty regular? Or was that an infrequent occurrence? Uh, at that particular place, it was fairly infrequent. Um, and then um, several years later, uh, it became a prominent part of what we did. And so I had, had a lot more experience with it. Yeah. It kind of sucks. Um, Once you do one, then you become a professional at it. And then the, you're just, yeah. <laughs> you're the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's crazy. Like everything, right? There's, Uh-oh. there's people out there that do it well and take their, you know, take care and pride in what they do. And it's amazing how many people, um, you know, in that particular service are just, you know, either, you know, acting ignorantly or, dumb or or just charlatans you know trying to get away with something and it's like man at that particular point in time in somebody's life it's like that's not the time to pull uh, it on you know yeah so 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 just for the record my wife just came down and added something <laughs> to matt and i's beverage and i'm kind of confused because she's staring know. at us like this like you i don't know if we just tonight. got roofied or yeah. if we if we don't show up for a week please send someone as a courtesy check <laughs> melissa furnace is the one who did it <laughs> <laughs> so from the restoration and remediation business you uh moved back to you said oregon Yep. I went to Oregon. I was working for the uh, construction company and actually <laughs> uh, the, the market turned down just slightly. Um, and, and we had a conversation where it's like, um, I've been wanting to go out on my own. It doesn't make sense to stay here financially. Mm-hmm. And so with his blessing, I went on my own, and that was about a year and a half. 
before like everything Oregon, like the West coast, it kind of happens a little bit slower. So this is like, we're still in the great, we're in the great recession. Still had yep. like my best year. Right. Yep. And then by February of Oh nine, just the phone wasn't ringing. People had signed contracts, but they couldn't pay deposits yeah. because they didn't have money. There was no financing. And, uh, <laughs> 2009 was a rough That was horrible. Year. Hey, you know, that time, that yeah, timed we had, out well. I'm sorry. Go ahead, John. And one on the way, so. Yeah, I was going to say it timed out well for me, too, because I had just come out of college with 60 grand in debt, was looking for a nice paying job, yep. and not so much. <laughs> that's, that's right where I was at. Yeah. Yeah. Glorious times. Moved up to Alaska and then worked my ass off. And then I moved back here and moved down to New Orleans. Yeah, was, that was the time to shine. So how did you survive that, John? What did you do to go into survival mode? Uh, well, I mean, if, if we're being honest. I mean, Prostitution. Like I, did stuff, <laughs> I did all the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah if no, we're being honest. <laughs> I wasn't blessed to where that was an option. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I do. I I went down. I filed for you know, uh, WIC. I got food stamps. Um, I I went to labor ready. I worked in the friggin' Oberto jerky factory. I will never eat beef jerky ever again. That's commercially made. Yeah, because um, of the things you saw, or because you were just around it so much. Uh, both. <laughs> All right, man. I'll tell you the. Uh, I already said the name, but like the dog treat side was cleaner. Man, oh my god! I love beef jerky, John. You're really, you're really hurting me right now. I'm about to go buy some. That make their own, though, right? Yeah. Oh, we do. That's true. I do. I do make my own jerky, but it's that's not like I'm not talking. I love jerky too. I'll make my own. I just won't buy it in a package ever again. All right. You like jerky, jerky? (laughs) (laughs) So that combined with the you know the bio cleanup, you know, it's just the. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah you kind of saw it went. Hand you in waited hand. long enough on those bodies. You might have been able to double down in the jerky business. Yeah. Yeah. Production Nobody just went up. A box, throw them whatever. Yeah. So yeah. So just odds and ends. Did whatever the hell I could, and then thankfully, like uh, I think it was April two thousand ten, or or maybe it was March. I, there was an advertisement. I think this was online now. Um, for uh, uh, one of the largest companies in the restoration industry, they're hiring for an estimator. I had all the experience. I just didn't have like um, any clients in the particular market I was applying for. Mm-hmm. So I got the interview. You know, I wore my suit. I'm feeling really good about it. Feel like I crushed the interview. Um, and they call me back and they say, "Yeah, we're going to go in a different direction." You're overqualified. Well. Not overqualified. I think what they really thought was um, I couldn't have had as much experience as I had and um, that I didn't have any, like, accounts to turn over in that market. Gotcha. And so I was just crushed thinking, like, man, we got got our way out, right? And then then I think a week later or so they called back and said, hey, we got this other opportunity, and it was, like, the, you know, production manager. So – I wasn't starting all the way over, but it, it's, uh, I mean, we look back at the salary I had and it's like, how the hell did we <laughs> make do? Yeah. Yeah. Make do. But at the time it was like, it was, you know, take what you can we get making for sure. Yeah. yeah. But that's the, the shitty part of like the way our system set up, right. Is like with food stamps, at least we didn't have to worry about, uh, food. Right. Yep. But like, 
Eminem has that great line. It's like these goddamn food stamps don't buy diapers. And yeah. that's, like, that's real. Like yeah. you can't get formula, you know, you can't get some of those other things, but you can buy energy drinks and now you can buy cigarettes pizza, and you know, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Papa Murphy's as long as it's not pre-baked and it's like, man. And, and so like, if you're wired to, to say, I need this, so I'm going to take it, but I'm as soon as I can get off of it, I am. And it's the same thing. We have some people, you know, like with uh, benefits for medical and stuff like that. It's like if your salary goes past a certain point, there's not a, a, a grace period where it's like, okay, for about six months, you're going to need to catch up, right? And then you'll be fine. It's like, boom. Oh, your salary hit $1 over whatever it is. Yes. It's, it's gone. Yes. And um, so – so now, that was it was like a blessing and a curse at the same time. Yeah, one hundred percent. Now I don't want to dive down the political road, <laughs> but but I want to talk about fucking Papa Murphy's. Because <laughs> what kind of pizza establishment charges you to make you cook the pizza? What the hell? And people will line up outside the door, right? Yeah. Yes, and they act like it's the greatest thing, and I'm like, you're paying to cook your own fucking pizza. It's marketing, man. It's the greatest fucking concept. And you the, could ever the get. crazy thing is, is little Caesar's hot oh, and ready. Here. That's hot and ready is cheaper than the one that I have to cook yeah, myself. But little Caesar's tastes like yeah. fucking warmed up cardboard with a pepperoni. That is, how okay, dare you? you guys, how dare you? It comes out like molten lava, right? You cannot eat it, Little Caesars, the minute it comes out. Never. But there's like a, a three-minute time frame. And, and it's the best. And for about 10 minutes, you have like it, it's, it tastes, it's hot enough that it's decent. And then once it hits that period, then it's like, what the hell is this? Yeah, yeah. It, when it, it, is, it, is, <laughs> it is the 15-minute window that you have from, yeah. you know, you That's pick it, it up for the door to it. eating it. Yeah. And yeah, it's, but it's, I didn't have to cook it myself. But it's five dollars. <laughs> it's five dollars, and I just got a lunch out of it. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get political there, but I had to. <laughs> <laughs> so how well, long did yeah. you? Uh, how long were you at the new company? I stayed there for about seven years. So climbed, right. moved my way back up, and then I got to a point. Uh, it's kind of interesting where, um, you know, I, I was estimator project manager doing all the, uh, the highest you can go without being the general manager in that particular office. Yep. And I wanted a shot at that. So there was an opportunity in another market, um, to, to possibly become the general manager, but like that market was more expensive. I'd be starting over again, you know, not having clientele and yep. like your bonus structure and that kind of thing that actually makes it livable. And I was like, well, are you going to help with moving expenses? Is there any kind of a grace period? And they're like, no, just basically no moving expenses. Move for the same salary into a market where you have to build your clientele back up again. It's like, why would I do that? That's like, a, yeah, yeah, that's not very, in, there's no incentive. Thanks, guys. It, yeah, it, it benefits the company, but it doesn't benefit me. So then it was like, well, if I'm going to have to move to promote within this company, I might as well broaden my search parameters elsewhere and yeah. see what's out there elsewhere mm -hmm. and so then that's what i'm originally from seattle so that's what got me back to seattle was uh an upward opportunity in uh this market so and so um it remind me again you were doing remediation type work but you were working for a builder at this point in time is that correct yeah yeah, so I, I basically stayed in construction, mostly residential construction, um, 
And uh, so I went to work for the builder. Then I went out on my own, did mold remediation, and I did a lot of stamped concrete um, in Oregon. Boy, that, I went to work for this those large seem company. largely not related at all. <laughs> well, it was um, it was the two. My father-in-law is like a phenomenal concrete guy, um, and he was retired, but he was kind of teaching me. And I had done uh, side work with him, you know, from California all the way up. Yep. And then so so we had a few pokes in the fire when I went out on my own. We had a few pokes in the fire for concrete. We had a good reputation for doing that on the side. So then, okay, let's try to, you know, make that a, 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 a one of our core businesses. And then the um, hygienist that uh, did a lot of the mold testing and referred me, that was the other thing I could do kind of 100% by myself. And then we did some remodeling in the middle there because a lot of the mold opportunities or yeah. concrete, they're like, hey, could you also do this? Gotcha. Um, so. That, that so, makes way more sense than what I was envisioning where you're yeah. there for a remediation and you're like, well, by the way, we could also do a little stamp concrete patio. And have yeah. you heard about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Oh, <laughs> I was more envisioning like, well, you're fucked for a while, but we could build you this hell of a patio. For hell you yeah. To With stamp concrete, right? it's going to look like well, wood. we're getting rid of your mold and your fire damage. Yeah, Why you you're crying your soul out here. You can really enjoy this fucking lovely bonfire. And I know a really good insurance guy that can roll this into the cost. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's kind of like the uh, yeah the teriyaki slash donut shop, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, these things yeah. do not go together. Get really but good by God, shop, we'll give her the old college shop a beautiful patio that was there before the <laughs> fire happened, but the fire truck came and crushed it, and then they needed to get it done, right? Well, yeah. He was the guy yeah. that, as you were saying, the contract get the work done. He had to bottle of Vaseline in there and be like. Mm -hmm. It's just going to hurt. Just Come to Papa. And he admits it. Yeah. It's, and so did you, how long were you kind of doing your, your mm -hmm. own thing flying solo? I think I was, I think I was, I did about a year and a half. All right. I did two Christmases. So the first Christmas was terrible. And the second Christmas we thought we had it figured out. And then, you know. Oh, oh. And then Obama. Hey, you guys talked about politics. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> you can't Obama. just drop that oh, and walk finish. away. Wait, no, we'll, we'll go back to that. <laughs> By the way, Obama. <laughs> hey! <laughs> but the, the, the political came, slip. The clip came up uh, the other day that's just so funny. It's this guy, and he's like, uh, you know, when the Great Recession happened, Obama wasn't even in office. Yeah. And the, the interviewer was like, why do you think that was? And he's like, I don't know, but we better get to the bottom. <laughs> yeah, I did see that. Yeah, people people are so dumb. <laughs> I love it. Now, John, going back, going back to your little stint of being self-employed, for the listeners that possibly could even think about going on their own, hearing it third hand, so we'll hear it first hand from you, what were the struggles and what was it like? Um. I would say uh, without knowing, like I, I know now more, right. But like without knowing it at the time, I, I, uh, there's, I think there's a saying like, make sure the boat's as close to the dock as possible right mm -hmm. before you jump off. And <laughs> smart I, I one. did, we had the side work where, you know, I was doing concrete to kind of do some work on the side and, and, and fund some, you know, our, our life. And then, I had a lead source in this hygienist um, that I knew I could get a fair amount of the mold work. Um, and that's, you know, labor intensive, but usually fairly profitable, right? You can, 
it doesn't take a lot of equipment to do it, uh, nor does concrete other than the concrete itself. Yeah. Um, and so, so I think that was, I had two quote unquote verticals that required fairly minimal. I didn't have to buy a bunch of shit. To, yeah. To work, no right? inputs to to tomorrow. Yeah. And, um, and I had lead sources. Um, and so, you know, I think, without really thinking it all the way through at the time, looking back, the boat was pretty damn close to the dock. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't making a huge leap. Um, but there was definitely, I, I don't know. I, I I'm looking back. I don't think I could have saved enough to weather the storm. Uh, I didn't have enough runway to really weather the storm of the recession. I mean, like I don't, you guys remember, like it was the golden years. Like, I don't know people like, Back then, prior to the recession, when when you it was unthinkable that a concrete guy did you had your foundation guys and you had your flat work guys, right? Yep. Like those two didn't mix. You know, the foundation guys just did foundations all day long. Yep. Flat yeah. work guys they did flat work. And now there's hardly a company that doesn't do both. Yeah. Correct. But it was down to like the siding guys would put the siding on and then somebody else would come in and caulk it all before it got painted. You yep. know, it was just so it was like boom, 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 that, that all those items were specialized and now everybody does everything. It's really yeah. funny that you say that. Like, I never really thought about that. Like, you know, prior to the recession, no, nobody was doing everything they were doing. I was yeah. just a window guy. I was just a yep. cider. I was just a, yep. and now, yeah, you look back and just to today, like I do everything, you know, it's, I yep. do the drywall, I do the painting, I do the tile, I do the plumbing, I do, you know. Yeah. I, I sub out some, but it's like wherever I can make that extra dollar and I have to pay somebody else to do it, I can conquer it, you know? So yeah. I guess, I guess my timeline screwed up, John, you were actually doing your own thing as the recession set in. Cause I was under the impression you did that after the recession. No, no. After the recession, I went to work for a large company in, um, in, in restoration. You know, gotcha. Okay. Back into the industry. So, okay. Yeah. I went from, helping a contractor kind of build up a, a mitigation department within an existing construction company to then going out on my own for about, about a year and a half. All right. Um, so, and then before we move forward from that, um, would you, would you say the majority of the reason your business failed was because of the recession, not necessarily poor decisions or, or lessons you learned during the process of starting your company? Well, I, I probably started it also at the worst personal time. Like I had three kids under yeah. three years old. Mm. Um, mm. So like, I mean, almost all of your my wife loved you. Yeah. Kids. I was going to say yeah. your mama yeah. hated you. Yeah. <laughs> so we had like, once we got it up and running, we had the best year I've ever had, you know, like salary wise. And I, I wasn't even making over a hundred thousand. So like, I wasn't, I wasn't a uh, big big by any means, you know, I didn't pay myself over a hundred thousand, mm -hmm. but like all our money went to diapers and, you know, medical bills and, yep. um, and, and formula and stuff like that. So, um, you know, if, if, if you want to be successful in life, just don't have kids, don't get married. Well, <laughs> and, it's funny you say right? that. Don't have hobbies. I was yeah. just about to ask just don't live life. if you could offer up a piece of advice to the audience and you just covered it all before I even had the yeah. chance to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> You threw it all in, all the cards in but, right there. But in all honesty, kind of taking the recession out of play, uh, looking back, had you not had to deal with the recession, could you offer I, one nugget of wisdom 
that you learn from starting that first business and failing? I don't, I've always been pretty um, conservative, I think financially. Um, so I, I didn't save enough. I think, I think that's probably looking back like, uh, and I think, I think it's, I always pronounce his, his last name, Mike Malkowitz or Mike Mikeowitz. He talks about like profit first. And you really have to treat profit in your company as a priority yes. and treat it like a separate entity, right? Like I, I need to make, uh, when you're in survival mode as a, a business owner, um, you know, that, that trumps all else, right? I've right. got these bills to pay. I've got these mouths to feed and I don't really care. Like uh, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. You'll scrape but the bottom it, of the barrel to cover your nut. Yep. 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 So if you can, you, you have to eventually get to a point where you're putting money aside and treating your company like it's separate than your own bank account. Yes. Um, and that's, it's kind of a luxury after you get the prime <clears throat> pumped, you need to always be thinking about that. Um, I think for most people that start their business, they don't think about overhead and profit. They think if I was making 25 bucks an hour working for this company, I pay myself $30 an hour. Well, hell yeah, I'm making it right. Right. Um, Not understanding all the overhead and extra cost. And yeah, yeah. when you're an employee, you think like, oh, they're just stashing all that away. Well, I think for most people that start their business, when that hits, that reality hits, is that first time you have to reconcile with the IRS for your taxes and you realize, oh, shit. Oh, like there's more expenses to running this business than just paying myself. That's me. They do not provide Vaseline. That is me tomorrow. Yeah, they do not provide Vaseline. My extension runs out and I got to final up. They rammer in dry, Tot. (laughs) Rick, do you have that Vaseline on on standby? All 80 of those new agents they hired are coming after you. 80,000. That's right. Yeah, 80, yeah 80, that's yeah. unreal. Yeah. Unreal. <laughs> so, um, so any other, any other kind of things that you learned thinking back on it as a new business owner that you would share with the audience? And, and I don't want to, we'll, we'll get into your book. We'll get into estimating everything here in a minute, but, but just kind of thinking about that, that first go around with your business, any other nuggets of wisdom you would, you would care to share with the audience on if someone's thinking about starting their own company, what do you wish you would have known? I think, I think, um, uh, there, there's two parts, uh, there's two ways to do business, right? You either, you either, um, are the, the solo preneur, preneur, however the hell you say it, solopreneur, yep. right? And, and initially, if you're not that great at what you do, then your prices need to reflect that. But sure. you need to be thinking, if I'm going to be, you can be a successful business and do it all yourself your whole life and, and still retire, but you have to think that way, right? Yep. And yeah. so you're going to have to charge that way Yes. and say, look, because that's, that's a great position to be in with a customer. There's no one that's going to be here that I'm not supervising or directly in control of overseeing or doing the majority of the work myself. You're getting everything I know. I'm giving it to you. You're the most important thing to me. Most customers would probably prefer that, but you better be charging a premium for that because you can't be, that means you can't be seven different places at once. You yep. have to be one place, you know, two or three. Yep. Yeah. So it is um, incredible how easy it is to give that advice And yet even, so I give that advice all the time. Don't undervalue yourself. And yet I find still, even today in the businesses that I'm currently involved in, 
I still struggle with undervaluing yeah. myself. What What is it yep. about that, that you can sit there and preach it all day long, but putting it into practice is a totally different thing. It's, it's the hardest thing ever. It is. I, you feel I like, do it every day. Yeah. yeah. You feel almost apologetic. <laughs> yeah. Like for well, instance, you, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say like, for instance, like I'm on this master bathroom job. The people are about to give birth to their first kid in three weeks. And I have another bathroom to fin- start next Monday. Cause I just finished her master bathroom. And she looks up at the ceiling. She's like, did we talk about the, you know, put a new ceiling fan in? I'm like, holy fuck. Like, and they have like 35 inches of blown in insulation in their attic. Like it is like not accessible. And I'm just sitting there like, I I don't have time to sit down at night. You know, this last like three days to put a change order in yet, which I will. But it's like at the same time, like, man, I don't I don't even care right now. Like, I'm just going to do this. I went and bought an exhaust fan. I tossed it in. It's pretty badass. I toss on uh, videos. Is that the one? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I threw it up. It has a Bluetooth. Got a in. It's fucking, and I put lights. the best of the best in, you know, just so they're happy, you know. Yeah. And I'm just in like, yeah. all right, that was a two hundred dollar exhaust fan. My electrician had to come back. That's going to cost me $200. I just did, you know, six hours of work. Now I had to go back up in the attic and fucking hook that gosh darn, you know, exhaust fan yeah. vent up. What are, you, what are you charging them for that? Because I might. Oh, it's, it's all day 1200 bucks. But Oh, well, I was going to say, I might hit you up for one of those if you're going for that rate. Well, you and I can work <laughs> something out, but this is, yeah. I yeah. need that speaker blasting yeah. while I'm taking exactly. a shit. Dude, it was cool. <laughs> So, but yeah, it's just one of those things you don't like, you get so ahead of yourself and you're a one man show. It's so tough to go back and think about all the extra things you did outside of the contract. And then you, then all of a sudden you realize that after you're well done with the job, you collect the last bill and you move on to the route and you're doing the next job. And then all of a sudden you finally do your, you know, your numbers when you find time. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, dude, I I just spend an extra fucking, like I lost for, you know, you don't. In my brain, I'm like, I'm not losing money because I'm still making money, but I'm right. like, wait, I could have made more money. Yes. But yeah. I, you know, yeah. so yep. it's one of those things. Cost. Yeah. So it's one of those, like, I, I'm too nice sometimes. And yep. I'm just like, and then all of a sudden, you know, the IRS isn't nice. My, the, nobody's nice when they want money for me. But right. yeah, yeah, I'm just giving yeah. away shit for free. So I, I think at the core, I think at the core <clears throat> of what you're talking about, for whatever reason, as technicians, you know, and I mean, technicians, somebody that has a technical skill, yep. they know how to do it. Um, like people have no idea what actually goes, you know, and even my wife, I don't know about your wife's like, she still sometimes will say, well, just do this. And it's like, yeah, it's not that easy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, same like the bathroom fan. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but, but um, it's not. It's not their issue is not your problem. Like you're in business to solve problems. So if you want me to solve that problem, this is what it's going to cost. Correct. You know? And, and, um, and just kind of separating that again, it's not you they're hiring. They are hiring you, but it's your company and my company yep. to survive needs yada, yada, yada. Yep. And, well, uh, I would take that a step further, even though they're, they're not hiring you as just another person off of the street. They're hiring yeah. you as the expert in your field that knows what you're doing because I don't know what I'm doing. Yep. And so you yeah. need to be compensated for that knowledge, for the technical ability that you bring to the table. But again, it's one thing to say that. I will tell you one thing. I'm doing a shit ton of change orders tonight. <laughs> I just yeah. got in my own head. There you go. I'm glad we do were you, able to inspire someone. Yeah. <laughs> do you find though, like for change orders, if you know what your hourly rate's going to be that bakes in your overhead and profit, and then you say, like, it's going to be any change order is T and M, 
and then you're, it's going to be materials plus whatever your markup yep, is. Correct. And have them sign a form to where it's like, okay, you pick the most expensive damn, you know, uh, uh, exhaust fan. Fire fan. Uh, cost four hundred dollars. <laughs> here's the electrician's invoice plus my markup, and then here's yep. my rate. Um, you know, try to. I think what you'd have if you're a solo, you have to figure out ways that expedite that to where you have a signature on site. I'm not going to move forward until like we ask for like a deposit. If it's out of pocket, you know, yeah. we do a lot of insurance work, but if they're doing an out of pocket change order, if it's less than $5,000, we want a hundred percent up front. Yep. You know, like, you know what, Todd, um, you bill them top dollar for that. But on your invoice, it has to say fart fan installation. Oh, 100%. Like, 100%. That's the way to do it. Fart yeah, it's a fart fan. <laughs> you got to do the disclaimer, farts not included. Yes. Uh, yeah, and and <laughs> that's extra. total fart annihilation is not guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just been, you know, one of those things is like the whirlwind. Like, we're all so busy right now. Like, yeah. I got so many people yeah. just wanting me in every single direction. It's like, I need to get this done. And in that way, so, to get it done, I'm just give myself 100% to get this done, but I forget to get the change orders done and go. But you're, but you you're losing money by not digging your heels in and starting to stand there going, well, I could be down the road. I just have to get this done. But you're starting to throw your value out the window yeah. when somebody needs to compensate for that yep. value. Yep. And you're that's, valuable. Yes. And yeah. that's the part. That's the Thanks, John. Part. Yeah. <laughs> I like that little that subtle. That was like a perfect yeah. pick-me-up. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody the, hold hands. Yeah. yeah. You know, grab your little Kumbaya. drink. I'm all about it. Eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say, you're valuable. You're valuable. valuable. I'm valuable. Yeah. <laughs> That's wrong. Hey, hand, Rick. Todd. You're valuable. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> wrong hand. That's not my hand. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You just, oh, you just you really become valuable. Yeah. <laughs> How much you paying me for this? <laughs> you know, it, I think that's the biggest thing, though, when it comes to the awkward conversation of, Hey, you owe me more money, right? We're all homeowners. And when you sit there and you talk about the next bill and somebody yeah. comes approach you, you kind of set this, you're afraid to set off this trigger of this time bomb that, well, yeah. now they're going to get pissed that, yeah. you know, this isn't my problem. I just want to get that final bill. There's a lot more than what <laughs> this bill's for. And sometimes there yeah. comes a point where you got to overlook a couple bucks to get the whole check, yeah. right? Yep. But it, some point in time, I mean, when you start adding hundreds and hundreds turns into thousands and thousands turns into tens of thousands, like yeah. you got to start drawing the line of when hey, you this, stop, this is enough, Yep. you know? And well, I don't think, I think you have to start it right away because the, yes. the first time you give away something for free, then it keeps on going. The yep. next one's yes. Yep. So you've, you you've established say, a precedent. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You're making a change to the scope, cost, and duration. So we're going to stop work, and until we agree on a price, yep. you know, like you're, and it sucks. Like it's harder to do. We have the advantage. We have project managers that have multiple projects, right? So yes. they, they literally can just start the next one, right? Mm -hmm. And whereas, whereas if you're solo, you have to be a little more tactful about that. Yep. But, um, but it is a reality. Like you know, they're asking for a change. They don't give a crap. Like, you know, they're, they're thinking, you know, well, it should be, you know, 20 bucks or something like that. Yeah. Well, well, and if you flip the script, a lot of times think about your attitude in a situation where you're on the consumer side, Yeah, you're going to ask and get away with as much as you as can. Much as you yeah. can. 
Yeah. And yeah. so yeah. and they know they have me on like by the balls because they know I'm on a tight deadline to before their kid pops in yeah, three weeks. Yeah. I'm like, and so fuck. You know, and so, that's where you've got to understand and I'm just on the, please the customer. Yeah, you know, on the business side, they're gonna ask and they're gonna push and they're gonna try to get away with as much as possible. And yep. it's that's where you as a contractor, you can do it in a polite way and a respectful yeah, way, but just yeah. say, Hey, look, I'm happy to do that for you guys, but here's the deal. I've got this job pressing. If you guys want to do that, this is what it's going to cost you. And, and and just take it or leave it. It's not going to hurt my feelings, but I've got this other job waiting that I'm putting off to do this, this fart fan for you guys. Yeah. 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 Your, your fart annihilator. Have you seen the video of the contractor that goes and rips up the shower when the customer won't pay? Yeah, that guy went in just oh my god, dude. It's just like that that are that's you gonna pay my bill? I yeah. guess the lady standing there filming is like the neighbor or something like that. But. I haven't seen that one, but I saw the guys that, that big went burly in. guy went in just like started fucking the shower up and everything and yeah. I, I saw yeah. one where they ripped up a they had done this a whole backyard landscaping for this guy and oh, he didn't pay his bill. Wow. And they the whole crew goes in and within five minutes that backyard is annihilated. Well, back when I first, when I was in high school, when I was working for the, con- I was doing Sam Concrete as well, and uh, my our boss, we did this for this custom home builder. So that was two thousand, that was two thousand seven. No, no three. three, three. Shoot, I was way aging myself. Yeah, plenty of money. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it was it was doing good, and we were working for this custom home builder, and all of a sudden we did this like four hundred you know foot long you know approach into their house, all stamped concrete. And like a raised deck, all concrete, you know, spiral stairs, all concrete stairs. And we got done. And like a week or two later, our boss told us, go grab up the dump truck and the jackhammers and the uh, oh, wow. skid steer and meet me at this, you know, at the place. We show up there and we're like, they're just about to lay What's sod. And we're like, he's like, it's all fucked up. Get it out of here. And I'm like, what? The guy didn't pay him, but he didn't tell us this. So we're sitting there just like just fucking it up. You know, we were probably three job. hours into it. And next thing you know it, the guy shows up and he's like, What the fuck? You know, and yeah, come to find out, he didn't pay a bill. You know, that's <laughs> that's, that's like one thing about the trades. If you oh, don't dude. pay, yeah. there can be recourse. Yep. So it was fucked up. There's gotta be something, you know, pretty satisfying about that, you know. Um it was so unsatisfying because, dude, we busted our ass for a month there. I was like, "I'm this is fucking perfect. Like, what is wrong with this? You know, I'm sitting there thinking of all the days I, like, inhaled, like, uh, the uh, the powder and the shit. The, yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, my God. And, yeah, then we're sitting there jackhammering the fucker out, and the guy shows up. I'm like, oh, shit. I did that the one time when we did that house edition, and the guy didn't pay me, and we were there for two and a half weeks, and threw that in they came back did the rough grade final grade finished grade come back this dude owed me a good chunk of change and it was i'll pay you at the end and then you know it's you got to go chase haji around to find the money and i remember i rolled in there one day when we had the next tells and i text him and i said hey uh <laughs> if, if, if i don't have payment tomorrow i'm going to unload my machine and crush that addition and I remember, oh. I remember rolling up to that house, and the wife was there. And she was a sweetheart. She was a nice lady. Yeah. And she's like, "Rick, what are you doing?" I didn't, I didn't even talk to her. I just started unchaining the machine. And oh. she's like, "What are you doing?" I said, "Well, your husband never paid his bill." I showed her the text message. And I said, I'm "Ooh, ready. you got mama involved." Yeah. I said, Ooh. "I'm getting ready to crush your new fucking sunroom edition," which <laughs> I wasn't, but it was a bluff. And I 
It was pretty firm, man. She come running out with a check. Oh, I bet she did. Fast as she could. <laughs> and I bet. Oh man. I bet the. I, I bet the man of the household got his ass reamed that night by mama. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, all, and all and all I could think of, man, was like. I hope they just don't call my bluff because I'm going to unload this thing. I'm going to track up to that freaking thing. And, <laughs> and then I'm stand there like an idiot. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm just going to See those dandelions? <laughs> yeah, start plucking her Fuck flowers. Fuck your dandelions. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Let that be a warning. But, see I mean, this garden gnome I'm about to talk about. <laughs> you know, that's, that's just one of the biggest things, though, when it does come down to the trades. These guys work so hard. Everything they got on the line, their tools are their personal tools. It's not company tools. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. starting to get emotionally attached to what you're doing with everything that's going on. And then you start fucking with the dude's livelihood. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. and they and they spent yeah. thousands of dollars completing your job. And then for you as a homeowner, just be like, yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah. See, that's one reason why I never, I don't do any work without having the money already paid for the work I'm about to do. And once I get to that yeah. next step, yeah. then I ask for the next, you know, draw. And then yes. I work towards yeah. that. I never take enough that I'm going to get myself in trouble. It's like, oh, fuck, now they got me in a pickle. Like, oh, you haven't performed this because we paid for all that. Well, it, I, you got to yeah. do like a progress payment, yeah. right? Yeah. You, I do three payments for my bathrooms, you know, start, middle, and the, the completion. Well, it does you know. occur to me. We are starting to cross over into the territory yeah. of, of what John's book is about. So yeah. yeah, so let's get into... Coming back to you, John, yeah. what made you decide to write a book? Because that strikes me as I would never do that. <laughs> um, I just want Fart Fan Annihilation. Uh, fart Fan Annihilation? All, All right. right. Yep, yep. <laughs> Love um, it. <laughs> So, you're in there dropping uh, a deuce one night, listening to that fart fan roll, and you're like, God damn it, I need to write a book. <laughs> music to my ears. Yes. So, this, this book is actually my fourth uh, mediocre Jeez, book. all right. Well, you um, do a lot of shitting and thinking. <laughs> yeah, a lot of fart fans. A lot of, I burned through. This is you know, my second Bluetooth fart fan. So. Um, damn. <laughs> in, 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 in property restoration, which is like, you know, the fancy word for working with insurance companies, yep. Um, yep. there's this estimating software called Xactimate, right? Okay. So uh, for, for uh, I don't know, if, have you guys ever used like RS means or line item pricing oh, yeah. or those yeah. kinds of things? Yep. So it's, it's just basically a glorified version of that. Um, and so the appeal of it is it's supposed to make a common language between contractors and adjusters. So, hey, we can go, you know, somewhat apples for apples. Here's the documentation uh, that makes sense and, and quick review. Uh, sometimes it gets weaponized against the contractor, and I'm sure insurance companies feel like it's weaponized against them. So, anyways, all that to say, uh, a lot of people hate the program and blame it for all of their issues. And so, like, back in, I think it was, like, 2018, I wrote this article, The Ten Commandments of Xactimate Estimating. And it's kind of play on words and whatever and, mm -hmm. and trying to help people, you know, develop better habits for success. And one of our trade magazines is uh, at the time, uh, uh, Restoration or Remediation Magazine. It was like at the end of the year, I think it was like top five, maybe top three articles. And I thought, well, nice. this um, is, you know, it's striking a chord and maybe doing some good. And I'd always wanted to write a book, I guess. I like to read, so I wanted to write. And yeah. I thought, well, if I was going to write a book, I think I now have something that 
uh, people are interested in and potentially could do some good. So I turned that into a book um, kind of haphazardly. And what's the name of that book? That one's uh, Be Intentional Estimating. Okay. Um, and and, and so just that, for for the audience real quick, what's kind of at a high level, what is that book about? Um, I would say it, it's not so much like a, a real technical dive into the principles of estimating, but more some of the mindsets and habits that will help you achieve like better outcomes by – like a lot of, like all trades, right? Like if you get around the water cooler and you hang out with the people that are negative, you're going to become real negative. Mm-hmm. And um, there's obviously money to be made at whatever you're doing. And so if you if you just kind of form your own opinions, you know, really learn how to use the program. It's not saying like every time, like I still get my teeth kicked in by adjusters, you know, um, but you, you, you're, I think it'll help you have a better mindset either for yourself and especially for people. I always try to think of people like myself that um, I wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed, but because I could do my paperwork and my um, supervisor could read it, you know, I, I advanced, right. And, yeah. and it opened a lot of doors. And so a lot of times it's just those simple things, just thinking a little bit differently, doing your job just a little bit differently can open a lot of doors for you. So um, if somebody's interested in getting an estimating, I think there's a lot in there um, or those managers that are trying to like get people on the same page. There's a lot in there. So it's for mindset and habits for estimating. It's kind of the summary. Interesting. So I, so I have to ask writing one book to me seems like a massive undertaking. You, you not only doubled down, you quadrupled down. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what well, what so, what kind so, of happened after you wrote your first book that made you go, hey? I just went crazy. I <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right? yeah. Wow. God I damn, love he it. loves his fart fan. I thought you. I just thought you pushed a button. We need to record. Re- I that was use that as yeah, our freakout. I love it. It's just this demon inside of me, and he just got to get these words out. There. No, I actually. Damn. I thought so. I read somewhere you 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 take a broad topic. And you apply it to your specific niche industry, right? So the first, my plan for a first book, uh, the both the two books kind of came like bam, bam. But I was like, I'll just get a bunch of people together and we'll write on um, simple things that have worked to help them. One thing that's helped you build your workplace culture as a manager or person in a position of leadership, leadership, sorry. And then one thing that's kind of like blown up in your face, right? And I was like, if I get like 12 people to each write a chapter, I'll have this book, everybody will promote it on, on social media. And then that'll lay the groundwork for me then to release my solo book. And that'll help. Right. Yeah. And I thought this is, this is a great idea. And then we had a publisher lined up and somebody that had done it before. And so anyways, that was, I'm not going to say a nightmare, but it was a challenge. Like, you know, getting people together. Like you guys were beefing on each other about um, getting together, to do the podcast. Right. And there's like no editing and, you just sit in a room and talk with your buddies. Right. And it's right. It's great. But like getting people to that think they can write to then write and then try to get it to be cohesive and, um, you know, people that Inconceivable. Make those <laughs> it was, it was a challenge. So my, my grand idea, the publisher had to back out a bunch of people had to back out. So I didn't feel like it was right for me to learn how to self publish on Amazon and something that would affect you know, all these people that had committed to this idea I had. So 
I moved my book up, the estimating book, learned kind of kind of how to self-publish on Amazon and Kindle, and then said, okay, now I'll take that knowledge and release the book on culture. Um, and uh, and what, so did that. what is that book? When you say on culture, what book is that and what do you address in that one? It's called Be Intentional Culture. Um, and, and what I tried to do was like, you know, people use culture as like this big catchword, right? And, and, and just try to break it down. Culture is really what you do, right? Like at your company, what your people do. And so I tried to get a couple people that I respect to, to share exactly that. Like what's one thing, one small thing that you've done that's helped. And then like a, a story of where you thought something was going well and it blew up in your face, you know, just to, to share with other people that are trying to, you know, be successful in management or managing other people. Um, so, so, kind of so if you could share your, the one that sticks out to you, not your personal one, but, but of the people that you talked about, what, what is one thing that stuck out to you culturally that they do that you went, man, that's really good. Well, I think a friend of mine, Lisa Lavender, her chapter is about just saying thank you, you know, and like meaning it. That's it, huge. It crazy. That is huge. <laughs> you know, just like, hey, it's so funny, though, because I don't know if you guys feel this way, you know, most likely, um, you know, like when someone comes up and says like, hey, good job, you know, and it's kind of like maybe that asshole manager. And you're like, you're just saying that to say that. But when someone sincerely says, and that was damn, you know, that tile looks good or man, you, you knock that texture out or that wall is beautiful or whatever, you know, or you're talking about the stamp concrete, right? You're like, man, we did, we did a good job. Yeah. And when somebody in leadership or management is just like, I really appreciate it. You guys did awesome. Good job. It, it goes a long it way. It feels you know? great. Yeah. yeah. To, to be, and I'll take it a step further, even, uh, as males, you know, society uh, doesn't really, we're guys. Yeah, we we we're guys. We're tough. We don't we don't care about feelings. We're not bitches that care about thank yous. But at the same time, I don't know that if you really actually talk to men, I don't know that you can find a single one that doesn't really appreciate being appreciated because no one takes the time to appreciate us. <laughs> A, a genuine appreciation. Hey, correct. Right? A genuine, not not a, hey, yeah. thanks, bud. No, a yeah, genuine, yeah. hey, I really appreciate what you did. Thank you. Yep. Like that, yep. that right there, I, I'm good if I, you know, if the job was totally fucked, we ended up not making any money. But at the end of the day, the prime contractor <laughs> came over and was like, guys, I really understand what you went through on this one and I appreciate it. Uh, you yeah. know, it still sucks you didn't make any money. But that sure would take the sting out of it. Yeah, yep, yep. And we don't talk yep. about that enough, I think, especially in the trades of all, you know, this is the manly man industry. It's just the expected, trades. though, is the problem, right? It, there is. It's a, it's an expectation. And, it's, and not, it's not a very manly thing to break down and go, hey, thank you for yeah. doing what you do today. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like, let's drink a beer. Let's go do this. Let's get on to the next one. It's almost seen as a sign of weakness, I would say, yeah. if to, to break down and actually show emotion of, hey, thanks, Rick. Correct. I appreciate it. Correct. Is well, it, is, my, go ahead, John. I was going to say, my, my 14-year-old's playing football, right? And um, and he's got some old-school type football coaches. And, and uh, what is, he's like, if they're not yelling at you, then then they, 
you're not on their radar. So he's like, he's like, you know, it's good when you get yelled at, you know. Well, that's a boy uh, ready for the trades right there. (laughs) Structural criticism. But the other day, uh, I think it was early on in their summer workouts, uh, the coach said, you know what, Isaac said, like, if you keep doing what you're doing, you might actually be good. He's like, I've never had a compliment. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That is setting him up for the trades. That is perfect. (laughs) I I got a semi-positive response, and that's a compliment. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. awesome. So I think too, it's like, if you respect somebody, stuff like that, it translates, right? So it's different. Like, let's go get a beer. And it's like, you deserve a beer or first rounds on me. You know, there's, there's other ways it can be expressed, but sure. Doing it in their own way. Just right? buying so, a lunch for somebody goes a million sure. miles, man. Yeah, it, it's crazy. You know, showing, yeah. showing true appreciation. And again, it, I think it hits different for men just because in general, men aren't supposed to have emotions. We're not supposed to feel yeah. things. And as a result, we don't, right? We don't, especially yeah. heaven forbid, to each other. Yeah. You know, it's one thing yeah. for my wife to say something to me, but by God, Todd, don't don't expect me to get all emotional and say I really appreciate the work you did installing my fart fan. Like, oh, just wait, it's incredible. <laughs> Winter's coming, man. The the sad kicks in, so get yeah. ready. But you're hitting it right there when you say expect, right? The word expect. Yeah. You're in the trays. You're expected to do a good job. You're expected yeah. to have a good completion everyone's happy and to you it's just a job and you move on down the road right so you look at that word expect and you're expected to do that because i'm paying you a wage yeah so nobody really just appreciates your craft because you're getting paid a dollar amount Uh, agreed but i also think that's part of of a shortcoming of the trades that it is just an expectation Mm -hmm. and you're never going to get a thank you you're only going to get and this really goes to the much bigger cultural conversation that i'm trying to have with the trades which is you only get bitched at in the trades you know just john like you like you were saying about your son he gets a backhanded compliment and he jumps at that because that's the closest thing to a compliment he's received that's the trades to a t yeah we yeah, don't get yeah. real compliments. You don't ever get a real pat on the back. In no. fact, I, I outright say it in one of my YouTube videos. If you're not getting bitched at, you're doing a good job. Like yeah. that's the yeah. bar in the trades. Yeah. And I think that needs to change because really, when you think about it, the expectation is we do a great job. But what's required to do a great job in our industry? It's busting your ass. It's sweating. Yeah. It's spending time away from your family. Like you're talking yeah. real physical and emotional sacrifice to do a good job that's above that goes in my mind above just not getting bitched at like having a genuine i appreciate you showing up today and doing the quality work you did like that would be huge but we don't do that in the trades because that's getting emotional yeah what were you gonna say rick i'm sorry well put on your powder puff gloves Fuck yeah! And how and and, how, and how would you talk to these new employees if you just had a new employee and they are totally fucking up without bashing them? How would you talk to them so they would show up the next day? Are you well, asking me or are you well, asking like the our other guest day John? When I was working when <laughs> I came to help you guys out, Rick told me to go do something, and yeah. I just stood there. And he looked at me he's like, "What the fuck?" I'm like, "Where's my please? Please go do this." <laughs> He just looked at me and said, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> fucking right. <laughs> I, I, was just, I love fucking with him. <laughs> he's in the zone and he's like, hey, Dot, go get this. And I'm like, where the fuck? You know, please go do this. <laughs> uh, 
And you know, and I will say, he looked at me like I was I fucking. Uh, Working with me is a little off the chain. <laughs> well, and and I will say, but that again, going but back to the overall it. culture, I just had to get the fucking smile. I need a smile on his face. But the overall culture in the trades, I'm not saying we need to go to the point where it's like. Hey, Mr. Totten, could you please go get that shovel for me? Yeah. We don't need to go that route. But at the same time, so well, when you get this the A-list motherfucking Matt to each other, on the fucking job site, you better keep Well, that is true. We needs. do have to roll out the red carpet for Tot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Rick, would you acknowledge that was a shortcoming on your part? Not rolling out the red carpet for, for the motherfucking well, Do you see Matt how good I pushed broom that fucking parking lot? Fucking like a half acre of fucking concrete. I fucking and clean it was, that motherfucker. But, but like regardless, was, you're talking about the job you're doing. Yeah. You're not acknowledging the fact that, fact that you're Matt motherfucking Totten. Like, that's a red carpet rollout just by itself. Would you? <laughs> yeah, but I feel like. The, I feel like the <laughs> and trade. I was pushing a fucking broom. I'm like, do you know who I am? Like, I've I've surpassed this MMFT, title baby. years ago. MMFT. I, did. I feel like we've surpassed <laughs> With this a smile on my face. Conversation though of. <clears throat> yes, there's a time and point to acknowledge people and be thankful and encourage them and help them. But it's the same concept. Like when you look at the yin and yang, I'm paying you a fucking wage to work. Yeah. So Agreed. when do you Agreed. put the powder puff gloves down yeah. and say enough's enough? <laughs> like when? Oh, when he's do done you, with the beer. Yeah. When do you? <laughs> take it? That's right. Was that what that was, John? Your beer fell over. <laughs> that was the empty. <laughs> but, when, but when do you? When do you take it into your own hands, being an employee, going? You know, I'm not here just to get all the compliments and be fluffed up and be this great goddess person of what they're, I'm just waiting for the applause. Instead of acknowledging going, I'm doing this for a wage and there's some part of expectation for that wage that I need to start putting a little bit more motivation behind. Well, I'm going to cut you off right there and say, I've been working with you for two years now and I, I personally feel like I've been doing a pretty damn good job. It's expected. You haven't fluffed me one time. No, I don't. <laughs> and I ain't going to. I'm cut from a different cough, and I am not going to fluff no more. You know, that's, that's unacceptable. I expect yeah. you to have very baby soft hands, and I expect you to fluff me, Rick. Homeboy, <laughs> homeboy when you had that little bitch callus on your hand the other oh, day, it was bleeding. Bitch callus. Yeah, oh, I got two. John, this guy man, had two of rosy the most. palms crying all fucking day. You know what? And it, oh, it happened. A shovel. It, these these calluses oh came up the minute he was gone for a week from his wife. Exactly. Yeah, everyone's giving me shit. That, and we're that like, it's, dude, yeah. were you that lonely? Well, no. He, wa- he keeps walking up all day day and yes we're busting our ass but instead of being like really apologetic and being like oh brian that's gonna be okay your hand you forgot my jersey gloves shovel and get back to work you little bitch like when does now now i will say this for the record have i bitched about the calluses one time no we all give you shit every fucking minute i was next to you look at my fucking hand yeah look at this man look at at this this. i've only been to the port of john seven times today right but see that's what that's when that's when you bring the guy that's supposed to be operating out to the labor force and then oh hell breaks well and so that's expected now now that's where we do need to back this up because because, uh, you know, when you have a Kentucky Derby contender, you don't oh. go put that horse out pulling a cart. Okay. Oh. Okay. Oh, you leave you them in, going, leave them in yeah. the trenches is the labor. No, so you, you do can not. start grooming oh. the next thing that could possibly win an award. You put him in the machine because... <laughs> 
if he was it, out in the fucking labor this force, is what I'm saying. it'd be a fucking train wreck, This is what bro. I'm saying. You don't make your Kentucky Derby contender pull a cart. I think I may be breaking up a fight in about three minutes. And, and what happened was Rick took his prized... Prized horse, his stallion, and, and he put him work in a fucking cart. His thoroughbred, and and then he complains when the horse, you know, starts starts getting these sores <laughs> because he's not used to that sort of of a work. Well, he's should, not built for it. You should have had right. new shoes put on your hooves. You know, I mean, you I take these hands blisters. every night. I have special gloves you that know, I fill with lotion, that, and I put those just, on. Just so to sum up this conversation, <laughs> when you're the best of the best. Sometimes you got to supplement something that's the second best and let them take the lead once in a while just so they could run that long distance race instead of the short sprint. That's all he's getting at. I got you. I don't know what he said just now. You know what? And I don't know if I agree with it, but I'll I'm say I agree with you. I'm done you guys' banter for this evening. I want to really... Like, we, got, we got an amazing guy on, on the phone. Agreed. Sitting Agreed. here in the background, like, you know, we do have a guest on. John, guests. do you have blisters on your hands from a week away from your wife? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, you guys talked about the horse. Have you seen um, I Think You Should Leave on Netflix? No. No. Oh, man. Me... The, Tim Robinson, and I think it's Sam Richardson, they're... They were writers on SNL, and so I think they basically release all the stuff that never played on SNL. Yeah. But there's one skit, I don't remember if it's season one or two, where they're like, are you tired of going out to a horse ranch? And then everybody says, uh, you know, oh, he's hung like a horse, and it makes you feel bad about your own unit. (laughs) Oh, you know what's really funny? I just... they create this horse farm where all the horses have small dicks. So you can feel good you about, can feel good about yourself. So, so what's really... I don't know, dude. I've seen some fucking donkey dick dragging the ground. And I'm like, that motherfucker's three foot tall. And he's dragging the ground. So it's Not really this far. It's really funny. You just said that. I just looked it up. And I'm like, oh. And then I, the first thing that shows up. So small world. My girlfriend's ex-husband's brother is the main guy in this. He's t- Hang on. Back us up through that time. And the- Ex-girlfriend's cousin's brother's uncle? No. Speaking of horse dicks. Tim. Tim. Exactly. Tim. That motherfucker's hung yeah. like a horse. That's oh, so yeah. funny. They're, they're, they're from your neck of the woods, right? They're, they're Detroit guys, Yeah, right? Clarkson. Yeah, so he's... he. Uh, Tim is my girlfriend's ex-husband's brother. It's really funny. Girlfriend's, my girlfriend's ex-husband's brother. brother. Why are we okay. looking at Tim's okay. dick? <laughs> no, but he, he, he was on SNL and he does all these, uh, uh, yeah. His, his name is Shane so. Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, we're not going to talk about that anymore. So donkey dick. Up, I'm like, oh, that's really funny. <laughs> Boy, here we are on a sweat and grind, totally off would, the beaten path. That'd be but the great. show you just brought up is... My ex's brother or husband's yeah. brother. That's going to be a great topic coming into Thanksgiving when you're all around at the table. Oh, it'll be yeah. a great topic when I get home. Have you seen his dick? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My God, your son is hung like a horse. <laughs> yeah. so, so, John, let's let's come back to the book writing. So, you you wrote after after book number two was pretty rough. You you wrote book number three. What took you into book number four? And what is book number four? How to not suck at estimating. Bam. How to suck less. Oh, how Damn suck it. Less. I was so close. Uh, so far. Yeah. How, how do you suck I actually, less? That was the, the, the first title was how to not suck. And then 
right at the last minute, I was like, no, let's do suck less. Cause like, there's no guarantee that you're ever not going to suck. That's true. Yeah. And, and just real quick you're before the podcast, you took us on a little ride about the title of your book. Can you please tell the oh, audience yeah. <laughs> about your, your, your book title? <laughs> and John, this is a safe space. It is a safe space. <laughs> Thanks guys. Hey, thank you. You're valuable. Thank you. Thank you. That's second. That's um, the second time tonight. He's given me like a little half mass direction. <laughs> so yeah the the book is titled how to suck less at estimating and a friend texted like he went to amazon bookstore and was searching and he typed in how to suck and uh what came up was a a, a very interesting menu. A big old picture anybody... <laughs> well no it was uh what one of the options was how to suck a goat um, you said sheep so, earlier yeah, now was I, it a I sheep or a goat now, it's a goat, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure I'm sure there's books on either. Like, I, that's I, I true. Know, I know like, there was a baby formula shortage. Yeah, there we go. I mean, that's a, a, a problem so, crisis averted. Right? Uh, yeah. But but what it made me think is so people like him looking for my book are kind of like shocked. But I'm thinking, how many people are looking up how to suck a goat? And then they're like, what's this stupid estimating book? <laughs> God damn it. I want to know how to suck a goat. And this guy's estimating book keeps getting in the way. <laughs> Get this book out of here. So, you know, I've, yeah. I recently went to San Francisco. And I think there's a whole host of people out there that could give you very good instruction on how to suck. <laughs> <laughs> Goats or otherwise. Goats or yeah. otherwise. <laughs> yeah. it's kind of, that's kind of like one of those things like when we tell people, hey, we have a podcast called Sweat and Grime. And all of a sudden they're like, dude, I just looked up Sweat and, sweat and Grind. And yeah, Sweat and Grind not, is not going like, to take you to the right place. Like, oh, yeah, that's not yeah. good. <laughs> you got a dirty mind. So, so give uh, us the uh, kind of quick rundown on how to suck less at estimating. A quick rundown. Um, someone approached me about creating a course for the fir first book. And so I went through the process of thinking like, do I do a rewrite? Do I edit it? Or do I write another book? So this one goes a little more, there's six tools that goes a little more technical into some of the estimating processes, especially as it relates to um, that program exactly. So it's, it's a little more technical. The subtitle is habits for better project outcomes. And, and so would you say this book is geared towards uh, more of the building trades? Do you think that, that guys in the iron workers industry or the excavating industry, they, they can benefit from this as well? I tried to keep it broad enough to where anybody reading it could, could grasp something, anybody related to estimating, but, uh, it is, uh, it is targeted more towards people doing property restoration, working with insurance companies right. and like line item pricing. Okay. But, okay. So, and how did you even come up with some of these pointers not to suck less in bidding work? Uh, I just, I actually just, I went on Upwork. I told people the idea and then I had some kids in China write the book for me. So, Oh, perfect. So yeah. is your next yeah. book going to be how to not suck as an author? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have not cracked that. <laughs> so in all honesty, though, how difficult was it to to sit down? Because in my mind, that is a monumental task to sit down and write a book from scratch. That seems like a, a crazy undertaking. What was that like? And, and well, even let's go a step further from your first book to your fourth book. What was that like? 
Yeah, yeah, kind of. I mean, it's like anything you create, right? You know, like your your old drywall jobs or your old concrete jobs versus where you're at now. Like, you know, like you grow with it. Hopefully, I've grown. Um, so, or at least like the Chinese on, kids like have. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, the first book, like I said, I kind of adapted um, that one article. So it basically had the ten chapters, kind of like basically mapped out. And then I filled in with some other articles I'd written on the topic. And so this one was more like sitting down. I think I always try to think of like, what are the people like myself back when I got in the industry, what are things that would help them actually grow their career and maybe have a shot at, you know, sticking around in the skilled trades and, you know, providing for their families. And so I try to have a mix of like, this is battle tested, you know, weathered, um, stuff that I've learned that has worked for me. And, um, and this is how you can like apply it to your daily, um, your daily roles and responsibilities to try to, you know, suck less. Yeah. And, and I will say, you know, it, to kind of tie it all back together. Thank you for writing John, because one thing <laughs> that we, in all honesty, kind of taking the hokiness out of it because it is hokey. Uh, in all honesty, one of the things we struggle with the most in the trades is passing the torch with knowledge. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and yeah. for you to take time out of your life to take knowledge that you have gained through real industry experience and putting that in a, in a form that people can go and get, yeah. that's, that's not a small thing. And so genuinely, thank you for doing that. Well, that is a very nice, genuine compliment, and uh, I I don't know what we're supposed to do. I received that. I received yeah, yeah, as men, that's the other struggle, is how do you receive a compliment other than like, yeah, yeah. fucking balls. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah. tap, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This just took a turn. <laughs> So Are you originally from San Francisco, or yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a bum bump when we go. <laughs> now, now, John, obviously you're you're passing out the knowledge of John. How has this come around full circle and applied to real life? Like, what what's been some of the feedback after you dumped the bucket of your wisdom, hoping that it helps somebody else, and whether it's completely right or completely somewhat wrong? How has it kind of come back full circle and helped you? You know, I, I don't know about you guys with the podcast, but like, I, I want to quit like every week. Um, and, and then you just get like a little email or somebody sends you a Facebook message or something. Um, that's a and, game and changer. Like, hey, yeah. Like what you guys said in this episode, helped me or, um, what you said in the book or an article, you know, help me, uh, promote or something like that. So, yeah. um, I, you know, honestly, I, uh, I haven't gotten a whole lot of like the first book, the, the, the fourth book still doesn't have a whole lot of feedback. Um, but the first one does, and there's some, some threes, I think there's a few three stars like on Amazon. I really wish those people would have left a, a review because I think some of those are the more interesting ones, right? Like, yeah. like why did um, you give me a three instead of a five? True, or a, not not being a, a jackass. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I was about to say non-jackass criticism is actually really nice to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe it was an adjuster, right? Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
the insurance um, companies got involved and just started blasting. Yeah. <laughs> Either that or it was the goats. Oh, those damn goats, yeah. <laughs> but, it, but it's nice It's nice to see somebody's perspective go through what they did and in their eyes and terms try to project yeah. how to help the up-and-coming or the people that are in the business because, I mean, every day just being in business, don't I don't care who you are, you have weeks and months of, I'm done yes. with this. Yeah. I'm done yep. with the Absolutely. headache. I'm quitting. I'm out. And, you know, it, it takes a lot for somebody to be in business to not throw the towel in and keep walking, too. Yeah. yeah. I may yep. need some pick-me-ups after tomorrow afternoon when I get done with my tax guy. <laughs> you know what? Yep. Have John call you while <laughs> right. he's sitting there. He's like, it's all right. Taking a shit with his fart fan rolling. He's feeling inspired. Yeah. <laughs> He'll hook you up. Yeah, right. Which, by the way, on a on a real quick note, you also have a podcast. Tell us tell us a little yeah, bit about your shit. podcast and what you guys cover. So uh, our mediocre podcast is called uh, the Diojo Podcast. I say R. I'm the only one that does it. Um, and, but uh, but if you say R, you can throw imaginary people under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> Like crack staff, yeah. So, so what was the name of it again? Diojo, D Y O J O. So it's the Do Your Own Job Dojo. All right. Oh, yeah. okay. And uh, and it's skill trades, uh, and, but uh, obviously, since that's my realm of experience, it talks a lot about you know working with the insurance companies and stuff like that. But uh, started out interview format, and I've slowly evolved into more like um, a lot of editing and mixing in clips and trying to weave a story. I like a lot of the story type podcast. Yeah. I listened to your one, um, I think it was two ago about the, the guy that works in the oil fields, I think in New Mexico. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Kalen, dude, he's yeah, badass, he was dude. great. Well, I, I don't know. It, I, I just stumbled upon, it's called Boomtown and it's more of a story version of like, uh, he mentions it's two um, Palisades or, like uh, in Texas where they started mining and then I think where they first started doing some of the fracking and the horizontal mining. Right. So it's, it was really interesting to hear that. And then to hear this guy that actually worked there, yeah, you know, share his story too. Yeah. So, that was you know, freaking sweet. Went full circle. Yeah, brought it all full circle. So. Right. Cool. Well, Hey, it's been a pleasure having you on tonight. Yeah, you it know, really this, has, this has John. Thank you. So, but with this being said, I have one final question for you. The Matt motherfucking oh, Totten question. question. John, okay. if you could change anything, do anything over, whatever you want to do, what would your dream job be? Man, uh, it's kind of like that butterfly effect, right? Because, right? you know, one, one change changes everything. I, <laughs> I, I think I can honestly say I don't think I would change a thing. All right. Um, Welcome to I the trade. Yes. That it would affect everything else. Yeah. So I'm going to ask like a question that our last guest we had on asked us, and it was a Holy shit. it was a fucking bomb it, question. It, so we ended the podcast with my question, and he drew up another thirty fucking minutes. yeah thirty minutes based off of this question. <laughs> it was like holy fuck, that's an awesome question. So I'm going to steal it from now on. So so John. What do you think your purpose is? Oh. Yeah, that's what I said. I was like, fuck. <laughs> the rat of the mic. But, but Brian over here fucking answered it. Like, 
Jared and him have talked for weeks and he planned that this. Was just, like, and I just got thrown my and I just rambled. I don't know what the fuck my purpose was. I was like, I don't even know the purpose of us talking that night was. I was Spread like, my seed. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So well, yeah, where where mine mine goes, I don't know. Did you guys grow up like around church or whatever? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I grew up like you know we found aggressive music and you found like like you're like I don't fully fit into this church scene. Yep. I don't fully fit into these other scenes. So like for me that was like punk and hardcore and then obviously like the Christian bands and whatever you know that had more of a positive message where you yeah. still thrash but you're like not exalting like stuff that you don't actually believe. Satan. Is cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, or even just like beating the shit out of people. Or, right. You know, yeah. Exactly. Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> uh, so when you say purpose to me. To some degree, it's a little bit dirty. Like uh, my buddy um, opened up a, a music hall at a church, and like the biggest thing, they were like, "Well, what is the purpose of this ministry?" And he's like, "It's not a fucking ministry. <laughs> you know, it's just <laughs> like people being human to other people, <laughs> right. and, like enjoying music." Yeah, and absolutely. So, um, so purpose, I don't know, man. Um, I know, I know what I'm supposed to say. Uh, so I don't want to say that. No, 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 no. no, no say what you're genuinely to say. like yeah. what? What do you feel overall? You know, what do you feel is your purpose in life? What are What are you here to do? You've been a father. You've been a concrete guy. You've been a mold. You've mitigator. paid Chinese children you've, to write yeah. your book for you. Yes, <laughs> you've been a book writer. What the fuck is your purpose, bro? <laughs> Well, you know, the funny thing about parenting, though, is, like, that changes daily. Oh, it God, does. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like, it never gets It's like easier. a job site. It just evolves. Yeah. Um, it is like a job it site. Is. Every yeah. fucking day is a huge gamble. Yeah. You, you get thrown curveballs. You got to retool. Safety tapes <laughs> already broke. And then every day you start over with the same fucking game plan. Okay, we're going to try yeah. yesterday again, and it's going to turn to shit in 20 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, um, I think to, I, I think what I try to do, I guess that would be it. Like with my kids and even with what I do with the podcast and the books is, um, you know, like try to try to share a little bit of the, what I know so that maybe somebody else can like take some of those steps a little quicker, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's great. That's a good answer. Um, Oh, well, that, I guess that's what we say. Uh, I, my catchphrase is uh, helping you shorten your dang learning curve. Like, I think yeah. you still have to hit the bumps and, and you're going to unfortunately have to learn lessons the hard way. But if like listening to podcasts like yours and a lot of the great podcasts we have in the skilled trades, you know, um, you can pick up a few nuggets and maybe help you just shorten it just a little bit. That's, sure. that's, a, that's a good thing. Fuck, I took the long route. Yeah, <laughs> I think we all have. Yeah, and we're now all learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why it's sweat and grime, right? That's right? right. Yeah, we put in the sweat. We we are covered in grime because we yeah. didn't listen to anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again for being on tonight, John. Yeah, this was a great conversation. Great. We appreciate it. Well, that, no, I thank you for the invite. And you want to do uh, a couple uh, plugs for yourself before we? Uh, yeah, do absolutely. The final plug. Hurrah? Plug all of your books. Plug your podcast. If you got a website, plug away, man. Yeah, uh, I think you guys have done a great job of that. So I really I thank you. And um, but yeah, all of my stuff is pretty much my website, the Diojo, uh, the and then Diojo D Y O J O dot com. 
you can see the books and the podcast there, podcasts on YouTube, Spotify, all this stuff. I just became a follower, so you're welcome. I'll be listening in oh. my bathroom tomorrow. Bless you. On the fancy on, new fart fan. On the Bluetooth. Hell fart yeah, fan. the fart fan. Oh, damn. Yeah, there you go. I'll, I'll record. I'll, and it's going to come full you, circle. I'll send you a message tomorrow. Matt's going to Matt's yeah. gonna message you and be like, I've decided to write a book. <laughs> I may even sit down. I got to put a door in the bathroom oh. tomorrow, so I may sit down on the toilet, make it weird, and just like put my for my feet yeah. up to the freaking Bluetooth like I'm talking to hearing God talk to me. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what's what's uh, what can we do to help further what you all are trying to do? I mean, you guys are miles ahead of us, but uh, and us being me. Hey, we're all here, man. No, no, no. We're stick stick with the imaginary team. It makes you sound much bigger and much more formal yeah. and official. If you want to have your people reach out to us. <laughs> okay, there you go. There you go. No, no, we'd be happy to come on your podcast. We'd be happy to come and chat with you yeah. or, or whatever, man. It's, it's honestly, awesome. this is we don't need anything back out of this. That's not our goal. Our goal thank is you or yeah, compliment, just, yeah, you just know? A, a shout out on social media is plenty. Perfect. Yep. I'll definitely share it when you post it. And just remember guys, you are valuable. That's, you know what? I'm you don't even valuable. have to do anything. Cause you gave us that. So we'll Bam. just leave it at that <laughs> to you and it. the audience. God damn it. You have are valuable. And you guys, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. And we'll Reach catch you next week. On Instagram, Facebook, yeah, you know, everywhere. All We're all over. Reach out and talk to us because we'll talk back. And that being said, we'll MySpace. catch you guys. You guys big on MySpace? Oh, dude, oh, Tom, Tom. Dude, Tom just reached out to me the other day. Dude, he sounds depressed, bro. It was not good. I don't think he's depressed. He <laughs> sold for that fucker podcast. for a lot of money. But we'll yes. talk about that. What? What wait, you guys said you're uh one of you said you're a maggot, right? But so um what's the uh what's are you are you popular on the uh, Donald Trump's uh, Facebook. Partner. Oh, Truth, Ooh. Truth Social. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys did that actually go live? There? Oh yeah, Truth Social has been live. I haven't, dude. I maybe I'm living on a rock. I I yeah. knew that was coming up, but I was like, oh my god, this is gonna be great. I forgot all about it. Yeah. What was the Rick's not hardcore. Not a, not super hard. What was the one that was supposed to take over everything about a year ago? It was like during COVID. Oh shit! It was Meta? the one that they all went to. No, no, it was. Uh, yeah, it was, it was more. It was like podcasting, but not podcasting. Everything was like video or audio based. No, oh, I have no yeah, idea. It was really weird, and then all of a sudden they realized that it was, it was ran. Yeah, it just was like, oh, this isn't what we really wanted, and they got all yeah. information, and people were like outed by all the bad things they were saying. Oh yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. That was kind of a precursor to Truth Social, I think. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember. The, all the brainwashing. We better get off. But we're we're about to. Yeah, 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 exactly. All so right, that being said, everybody, brother John, have a great night. Yeah, thank you for listening. We'll catch you guys next week on Swag. Your eye, baby.